Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Where you said it was, uh, I believe it was in 
around Arbuckle with the rock rock throwing when y'all were out fishing? Yeah. Yeah, so that was when I was probably 13, 14. I was with two of my uncles and two of my buddies. And uh, my uncle had a lake house there at Arbuckle. And, you know, of course, at Arbuckle, there's no houses on the water, you know, back then. It's all Coraline. So you got a good walk to the lake. So we go down. It's probably, uh, it's fall time probably. And we take a hike down there. We're going to fish all night on this rocky point, you know, just catfish stuff. And we're pretty poor, so we don't have flashlights and lanterns and stuff like that. So we go down just before dark. And it's one of those deals where, you know, we're going, we're going to stay until morning and come back. And uh, we get down there, and we got a fire going. We got all the poles out. One of us, and I can't remember who it was, one it was either me or one of my buddies, that heard something walking coming down the trail. And, you know, it's that rocky trail stuff, you know, and you can hear it a mile away, somebody coming down it. And we thought it was strange, like, you know, who would be walking down here with no light in the middle of the night? You know, and it's just women up at the house, you know, my aunts and stuff, and maybe some other cousins. And uh, so we thought it was kind of odd and we kept listening. And then we kind of nervous teenagers, you know, started freaking out a little bit. And so we started throwing rocks just to see if it would run off. And uh, it didn't. It just kept coming and getting closer and closer. And, of course, I'm not thinking Bigfoot. I'm not, I'm thinking there's some crazy guy fixing to kill us all, you know. And uh, – <laughs> so we're still chunk, we're still chunking rocks at this thing, and then it finally stops. And I get nervous enough to finally, you know, wake my uncles up and tell them, "Hey, there's something, something out here, or somebody actually." And um, so they get up and they're listening, and we're still, I mean, we're zinging some rocks at this thing. I mean, you got three teenage guys <laughs> that, I mean, we're just burning it at it, you know. And my uncle. All of a sudden, he's a big guy, and uh, he starts picking up rocks and just throwing them kind of in a panic. And so that kind of freaked us out, and I ran to the water. I'm fixing to swim for it, you know, because I'm thinking, you know, the worst. Had another buddy run right through the fire, and uh, I didn't think no more about it. You know, everything calmed down, and, you know, we settled down. We didn't hear it anymore. But it was it was years later. Matter of fact, only just maybe a year or two. I was talking to my uncle about that, and he said what made him react in that way was something threw a rock back at us. And see, and I never knew that as a kid. I just thought he panicked like us and started throwing them also. But he said that actually a rock came back at us. And so, I don't know. I just don't. I don't see how it could be a person. I don't know why it would be a person. And like I said, it was middle of the night. There was no light, no nothing. And this thing had to come within at least thirty yards of us. And like I said, we're and we're throwing rocks at it. I just I just think if it was an individual, you know, they probably would have took off or they would have said, Hey, I'm just messing around, don't you know, hurt me or whatever, but 'cause they didn't know if we were armed or anything like that, you know. So that right. that was my first deal at our buckle. So. <clears throat> All right, uh if you wouldn't mind uh Let's get into some of the stuff that we've had happen out at Bison, our uh, area in southeast Oklahoma. Yeah, great area. I'll be there this <laughs> weekend, actually. So. Lucky. Um. Yeah, exactly. 
So, <laughs> you know, there was a big deal last year, you know, with the, the visual that Tim and I had. Um, and that would have been September 16th last year. So, Tim and I, you know, we was all down there that weekend. We had a huge group, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. There was probably, what, what do you think, 20, 25 of us maybe at one point? Wow, we did the big, we did the big. No, we did the big open invite that weekend. Oh, then yeah, we would have had about twenty or so, I believe. And then Tim and I were fortunate enough to stay one more day. Uh, we, I think, we had taken off that Monday. Everyone else went home Sunday, and we had that area that I've been wanting to to look at for quite some time. I kept seeing it on the map. We drove by it a few times, but never really went down in there to really look around. We since then have named it Camp Hardwood. Um, Tim and I drove in there. It was probably, I'd say it was after 4, maybe 4.30, somewhere around there. And so we drove down, you know, that's an, a dead-end road there, or I wouldn't even call it a road. It's more of a Jeep trail. And uh, mm-hmm. comes to a dead end. We, we stop, get turned around. And uh, really we're just we're just looking. We're not really – nothing's really on our mind we're not really in investigative mode we're really just kind of winding down a good weekend and just really just hanging out at that point and uh we get out and i said let's walk down here see how far you know this little trail goes and maybe this be a spot we could camp next time we come with the guys and we take off we don't have phone we don't have gun we don't have anything we're just intentionally going to just I initially just walked down about 20 yards and look around. Well, as we're getting ready to go, this doe, she comes running right through us. I mean, just, I mean, she's running from something, not us, but she runs right by us. And so we kind of pause up and we start looking around. We thought we heard something walking off, you know, I guess that would be to our east at that point. And then it sounded like acorns or rocks were being hurled over at us and so then we go in we get into our investigative mode and we're trying to determine what it is and Kim thinks it's acorns I think it's rocks so we start testing the theory throwing acorns up throwing rocks up so we then we finally get an agreement that whatever it was was a rock probably an inch and a half diameter and we heard that a couple times and then we walk on down a little bit and then that area has kind of a rolling hill to it you know it's uh nothing major but just a couple of little little rolling hills and i was facing him and just kind of scanning with my eyes you know just not moving my head just kind of using my peripheral vision and there was a stump on this second little hill that was probably i don't know it's probably three to you know 36 to 42 inches tall maybe somewhere right around there and as I looked back at it, it was bigger. And I thought, well, that's kind of odd, you know. So I kind of turned my head and just kind of put my back to it, actually, and looked a different way and kind of refocused my eyes because it's, you know, the sun's going down this time. And uh, I come back around looking at Tim, and I see it again, and it's the stump's the original size. And I thought, well, that's, that is strange. And so I focus on it, and then I, that's when I see this head just kind of come up behind the stump. And it increases in size, I don't know, maybe 
15, 16, 17 inches. And it goes back down, it goes up again, and then slowly goes back down. So I called Tim over to me, and I'm having him face me, and I'm trying to get him to look in his peripheral vision. I'm like, just, you know, don't look directly at it, but you'll see the stump. I just want you to stare at it and tell me what you see. I didn't say what I saw. I didn't say anything moved. I didn't say nothing. Just tell me what you see. Well, I'm staring at him like I'm talking to him. And when he sees this thing move, his whole body shudders. Like, I mean, he he just kind of has this tremble to him. And he's like, oh, my God, what was that? And I said, just don't move. Just keep looking. Tell me what it does. And he says, it moved again. And I said, what's moving? He said, there's something going up and down behind that stump. So then I, I fix over at it, and I'm looking at it. And this thing is at the ground, and it goes to the side of the stump. And it's looking at it. And then it goes back, and we hear some little bit of rustle, and then it leaves. And then all of a sudden we hear something bipedal just walking back to the east, and then it cuts around to the southeast, and it's gone. Now, this is, this is where I, I've always said, if I ever get lucky and see something like this, I'm going to charge at it. <laughs> well, I, did, I did not charge at it. <laughs> I froze in my tracks. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> so, I think that's what we say on the way to each trip. It is. It is. You know, and, and it's easy to say that when you're in your truck or you're sitting around a campfire talking. You can say all these things mm. that you're going to do. And then when you're looking at something that doesn't exist and, you you know, and you're, and you're trying to process it, like it, it shuts you down, you know. And even for us, like I don't even think we told you guys right away. You know, we Tim and I – had to drive back up to the hill because we were camping at uh, 1996. And, mm. you know, that's a long drive from Hardwoods to 96. <laughs> it's a, I mean, that's yeah, a what, probably, that's a 45-minute to an hour drive on a slow, rocky gravel road there. And yeah. we we were still trying to process it. And, and, of course, Tim's like, you know what we saw, you know what we saw. And I'm like, no, we're not going to talk about it. Like, let's just get back to camp. Let's hang out. Let's cook. Let's go to bed. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Because I really struggled with processing that. Like, I just I, I just wasn't ready to admit, even though we've had the cast and we've seen, you know, we got the hair sample, all this other stuff, the sound, I just was not ready to admit what I just saw. And, I, and that surprised me mm. about myself. Yeah, it's – I remember talking to you the next day, and uh, it was like – I was excited and nervous at the same time, just listening to your story. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, it's yeah. It, it was it was odd. I mean, you know, we we didn't sleep much, you know, because we were just we wanted to talk, but we just didn't. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it, it was an awesome experience, and I'm, I'm just glad Tim was there to to witness it with me. You know, because if I'd have been by myself, yeah. it would have just been another story. You know? Yeah. Uh, what color was it by chance? Um, you know, that's the weird thing. People ask me that. Uh, to me, it was just jet black. 
I did not see mm. any kind of reddish tint or anything like that. And even on the face, I couldn't even see any, like the whites around the eyes. I couldn't even see that. It was just, it was solid black. Like, I mean, just midnight black. There was there was no other color to it to me. Hmm. Were, were you able to, uh, like, see hair, or was it just kind of a, like an outline, just a solid black outline? No. No, you could you could tell it was hair. Um, I mean, you could see a little bit of the movement of the hair and a little bit through the hair, especially on the tips. Mm. But it, I could not distinguish between hair and skin or anything like that. Like I couldn't gotcha. see any really good details. I couldn't see like a. I couldn't tell you if the nose was you know wide or narrow or you know if it stuck out or mm. anything like that. I couldn't tell you any of that kind of detail. I couldn't see uh, lips. I didn't see teeth. I didn't see anything like that. And we were probably, uh, I don't know, you were there. You saw the stump at later on. That's probably a, mm. that's at least 75, 85 yards, you know. So yeah. it's, that's a good distance, you know. And the sun, the sun's setting to our back, you know, because we're looking to the east at this thing. So, I mean, there wasn't nothing in our, you know, no light in our eye, no sun in our eye or anything like that. But it was just, mm. it was just odd, you know. It just, yeah. It was it was just different. I, I really can't explain it, and I, and I hate that because, you know, that's our job. You know what I mean? We're supposed to <laughs> be a little bit better investigators on this. You know, this is what we do. This is what we we beg for this moment, and then you get in it, and you're just like, ah, froze up. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting on that that moment. Um. Yeah. So. Do you want to talk about your uh, walnut encounter? When you were down there by yeah. yourself, yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was that long solo weekend that I took down there. I don't remember how many miles or hours I drove or miles. It, I think I ended up logging. It was something ridiculous, like twelve or thirteen hundred miles that weekend. It was a three day solo <laughs> trip, and oh yeah, it was it was brutal. But you know, I, I combed that area so well, you know, and um. But I had come down, and see, that would have been, you know, the original bison area that we mm-hmm. that we called it the original bison. Um, it would have been south of that area, probably, I don't know, 10, eh, maybe not even 10 miles, maybe five miles south of the original bison road that we come in off, off of. But, uh, yeah, that's where I was coming through, and I found an old, uh, just an old abandoned Jeep trail, you know, or side-by-side trail, whatever, been using it. Um, and, of course, I tried to take that big truck down through there. And, uh, <laughs> I got I got pretty far, and there was a uh, a tree that had been pushed over, you know, going across the road or falling over. I don't want to say, you know, Bigfoot pushed it over or anything. But anyways, I uh, I decided, well, I'm, it's, I'm in too far to just turn around and go in reverse out of this place. I'm going to see if I can't move this tree. And I jump out and start pushing on this branch or this, this tree and trying to drag it. And as I'm pushing it, trying to break it, I'm bent over. So my rear would be against the front of my truck and I'm pushing down, trying to snap this, this branch and something just, I mean, it just popped me right on the top of the head. So, and when I say top of my head, you have to 
keep in mind, I'm facing down. So it hit the, the crown of my head. So it's something that a projectile that came horizontal with the ground. And as it hit me, I looked down and seen it. And, and it looked, I mean, it actually stunned me just a little bit. I mean, it had, it had some force on it. But as I reached down to pick it up, that's when I heard something running down the hill. And so that was, that was a little spooky, you know, when, when you're out there by yourself in the middle of nowhere and you get popped in the head with something like that. And, I, you know, I still have that, that walnut. I, I still have it to this day. And uh, it, it I was cracked. I ask you about that. Yeah, it, it cracked when it hit my old hard head. And, uh, but, yeah, I saved <laughs> that thing. But, uh, so, yeah, it, was, it caught me off guard. And uh, I went ahead and grabbed my gun and then, um, clipped it on, and then I, I got the, the tree out of the way and then, then drove on in and, and got to the end there where I could turn around and check out everything. But uh, I never did see anything at that time. Just It was all just what I heard that day So and felt, I guess. So, yeah. um, How about your uh, the silhouette episode that you had with, uh, I believe, Stephen? Or was it Kendall? Uh, Stephen was there. Or- Kendall was there. Um, let's see. There was there was a couple of other people that was there that night. Um, but yeah, that was uh, you know, of course, Bison, and uh, we were in that. I guess well, you, I'd call that a ravine, wouldn't you? I mean, we were in the bottom of it, high sides, mm-hmm. and two of us had seen movement at the same time, something going from left to right at the top of that little hill there and it was just uh one of those full moon nights so it was it was backlit very very bright but this is of course before i had the visual last year so this was within two years ago probably i guess a year and a half year and a half ago so it would have been six to eight months before tim and i had that visual and um i seen something that just it was huge and it just walked over the top of that that hill but, you know, we drove around that night afterwards, and that's when we ran across that, and we found that wild horse just standing on the side oh, of the road, yeah. just out of the blue. And so I pretty much convinced myself that it was that horse, even though we were miles away from it. I just, I had to rationalize it, you know, and had to put it in a box. And for me, that meant it had to have been that horse. But... You know, and I don't even know if I've told you this. I don't even know if we've talked about that incident really since. But since I've had that visual with him, I've changed my thought on what I saw that night on that silhouette. And I'm I'm almost certain it, it was not that horse. I, I think I think I saw I think I saw it that night. I'm I'm about ninety percent sure. Yeah, I'm about ninety percent sure that's what I saw because I just think for it to line up to be that horse that horse would have had to been walking mm. straight up and straight over. Cause if it would have turned any left or right, you know what I mean? And I could have saw it side. Yeah. That would have, that would have blew the shadow up so much that I would have known that it was a horse. This thing was, was narrow, you know, and, you know, mm. in perspective of what a horse is and it went up and over. And then we returned there. Was it probably three weeks, maybe a month later, and that's when I got Kendall to go up there and try to get a size comparison. You know, and Kendall's what, six foot maybe? Five, uh, ten, six foot? Yeah. 
Yeah, somewhere right around there. Say six foot. Yeah, oh, he's about six nine. You know. Uh, no, yeah, he's he's probably he's probably dang close to six foot, you know. But anyways, I, I had Kendall go up there and say, "Hey, would you mind walking up there and I'll stop you where I where I saw this thing?" And and I think you were with us on this trip, right? When we went back for size nope. comparison. No, nope, I wasn't but there I, for I, either I, of those size comparisons. So I sent Kendall up there, and Kendall kind of walked around. And I was like, "Nah, I think you're about ten more feet, you know, up." And when he went to where I told him what, you know, where it was, uh, he he told me that that was a trail. That he was standing on a trail. So whatever I saw was on some type of trail, which I I did not know that night. I didn't, you know, I couldn't mm. tell there was a trail that went through there. But it did go along the top of that ridge and then over the top. So whatever I saw was walking on some type of trail. Um, you know, and that's just how much bigger. Uh, How much bigger was it than Kendall? Yeah, so that's the other thing is when Kendall was up there, the uh, vegetation was tall enough where I could barely see Kendall. I could barely, I could barely see his head. Uh, Matter of fact, I think he even had to wave his arm a couple times just so I could, I could see him. So whatever it was, (laughs) it was probably two to three foot taller than Kendall, and at least three wide of Kendall. But you know, Kendall's not a wide guy, you know, he's no. He's a slim fella, you know what I mean? So uh mm. so yeah, it was at least three wide of Kendall though. Oh, uh <clears throat> also to go back to your uh the other sighting, uh we went back and did a size comparison on that one, didn't we? Yeah, where the stump was. Yeah, uh yeah the stump. How yeah. how big Yeah we all yeah. Um you know, we we really couldn't gauge it because all we saw was the head. And mm. I've had a couple people ask me. They said, "Well, if you seen the head, you must have saw the shoulders sticking out." You know, had the shoulders had to be wider than the stump. And yeah, the the shoulders definitely should have been wider than the stump. But my problem was is when I saw the head, I fixated on the head. I never took my eye off of the head. I never looked to see mm. if I could see shoulders on both sides of that stump. When that head came up, I was I was fixated on it. And then when it went down to the ground and looked to the side and you know, I saw the head again right there, but I, I never I never looked for shoulders. I could not I, I don't know if I was just trying to make eye contact with it or if I was still trying to, like I said, just process it and rationalize yeah. it in my own head of what I was looking at. Because, you know, I I went through everything with him, you know, I was like, well, was it a raccoon, you know, and, you know, was it a bear? And cause we thought, well, you know, could it be a bear scratching his back and it was just going up and down and, you know, and his head was popping up over the stump. Cause that, that was my first initial thought was, you know, how bears will back up to trees and scratch their back. So that's what I thought at first, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't that either. So I don't know, man, I, it's hard to say how, how big that one was because, like I said, all I got was the head, and then, yeah, you know, it, it it snuck off. You know, I mean, we could hear it walking, but it was it was light footed. I mean, it just it didn't make a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's talk about uh, was it uh, rifle season two years ago when you were in Tyler were out there with the oh, howls yeah, that the, we got on audio. The famous howl. Yeah. yeah, that was uh, and that's crazy. Is we're 
I'm going there again this weekend with Tyler. Um, I don't know <laughs> if we'll camp in that same. I don't know if we'll camp in that same spot, you know, because you know how tight that is there at the old well. But uh, the old mm-hmm. well is exactly what is exactly what we say. It's it's an old well. I mean, it's a it's a concrete well. We don't know if there was a house there at one time or if it was just, you know, I don't know. Maybe the loggers or something put a well there. We we still don't know why that's there, but it's it's definitely strange. And I keep thinking that little girl is going to come out of it and get me in. But <laughs> we went there. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you thought of it being there. It's creepy. And uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's it's very creepy, especially at night. So. Tyler wanted to go deer hunting, and me being the awesome dad that I am, I agreed to take him, but I want to take him to where we go Bigfoot, and that way I can, you know, nose around a little <laughs> bit while he's hunting. And uh, I'm going to kill two two birds and one stone type situation. And uh, so I don't take a lot of, you know, equipment, but I do take a couple audio recorders. And we get there, it's Friday, Friday evening, and no take that back it's saturday i can't remember yeah no it was friday evening i guess it was and um we get there and get there kind of late and we settled on the well of course that wasn't our first spot you know we got so many places we camped in that place and um Mm -hmm. so i told tyler i said hey you know it's going to be getting close to getting dark so when we get there you just get your gun you go hit the woods i'll set up camp i'll get everything I'll just skip the evening hunt, and I'll catch it, you know, Saturday morning. So he grabs his gun, grabs his walkie, and he takes off. And he goes uh, straight south, you know, towards those, uh, you know, you cross two little creeks if you go straight south of the well. And mm-hmm. apparently apparently he's, he crossed the first one from is what he told me. And we're sitting there, or I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm getting the tents up getting the tables up, and I hear something walking towards me coming from the south. So I radio him just to make sure it's not him. He says, no, he's already he's already set up somewhere. And so, I, you know, a lot of hogs down here. We've seen them, and I thought, man, maybe it's a big old pig. And so I grabbed the 30-30, and I load a couple rounds. And I just kind of lean it there against the table. And, and so whatever this is walking towards me, it curves and starts going to the west and it's about a at least 100 yards and and the reason why i know this is because we tested sound there on one of our return trips where you know how far do you need to be in there before i can't hear you walk and so we know it was within at least 100 yards and i radio tyler and i said hey whatever you know is walking this way is now curved back walking towards you you know so keep your eye out behind you and because uh, we're still thinking hogs, I'm even thinking hogs. I ain't got Bigfoot on the brain yet. And so uh, <laughs> he confirms, and you know, he says, "Yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye out." And so uh, I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm starting to get everything, you know, get the firewood and everything laid up. And he radios me, and he says, uh, and, he, "And you know, Tyler, Dustin, he he don't believe in Bigfoot. Bigfoot does not exist. He thinks mm-hmm. we're, you know, goofy for even going out looking for something that don't exist." And so he radios me and says, Dad, he said, uh, something weird just happened. And I said, what was it? He said, I had a rock thrown at me. And I'm like, okay, you know, he's messing with me. You know, he's humoring <laughs> his dad. And I said, okay. I said, what kind of rock? He said, uh, 
I just had a rock about the size of a, between a baseball and a softball come flying at me, and it landed out in front of me and rolled across right in front of my feet. And I said, okay, you need to get your stuff and come back. And he's like, why? And I said, just just get your stuff and come back. He's like, it ain't Bigfoot. And I was like, well, you know, it's a rock, son, you know, so get your stuff and come back. And, you know, Tyler's a big dude. You know, that's that's not no, mm-hmm. not no kid. It's a man child, you know. He's he's six three, <laughs> whatever, two hundred something pounds, you know. He's he I ain't worried about him. You know, he's got an FKS. I ain't, I'm not worried about the kid, but but I still am because he's my kid. So, uh he finally reluctantly agrees to come back and and I said, you know, hey, uh, you know which way you're going? Because he he's never been there. And he said, yeah, he said, I, I went straight south. I'm going to head straight north. I got a compass. I'll see you in a little bit. So I acknowledge that. I set the radio down, and then that's when I hear something running. And I thought, man, what in the world is he running from? So I grabbed the radio. I said, what's wrong? He said, nothing. I said, why are you running? He goes, I'm not running. I haven't even started walking. I'm just now putting my backpack on. And I said, okay, well, it sounds like you spooked something then. Something's running, running this way. So he's like, no, you can't hear me. I'm too far. And I'm thinking, this kid ain't that far. He's too too lazy to go that far. You know, he, he's probably 70 yards. And uh, so then uh, we let a little bit of time go by, and I hear this thing walking towards me, and then it curves off, and it's I hear the footsteps fading away. And I'm thinking, man, this kid's lost. He is, he's done turns going the wrong way. So I radio him up, and I'm like, hey, where you at? He said, I'm still walking towards you. And he's kind of getting annoyed at this point, you know. And <laughs> I said, well, man, I think you're going the wrong way. He said, Dad, I'm not going the wrong way. I'm I'm, I'm headed I'm headed straight north. There's no way that I will miss you. He goes, I'll, I'll hit the gravel road. I may come out, you know, a little off, but I'll, I will find you. And I'm like, all right, well, it's starting to get dark. And so about 20 minutes later, I see a flashlight. And sure enough, he's he's coming at me. And he pops out about, I don't know, maybe 60, 70 yards down the road. So I step out in the road and flip a light at him, and he comes walking down. And I already got the fire going and got the food on there. And I said, well, what's the deal with the rock? And he says, ah, I'm not going to talk about it. It ain't, it ain't Bigfoot. And I said, all right, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, the, you know, that place, we've, we've heard howls at this place before, you know, all over Bison. And so uh, I grabbed an audio recorder, and I went ahead and hit play, and I set it down. I think I set it on my leg, as a matter of fact. And we were sitting there eating, and we had a bowl of food each, and we're sitting there, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the howl happens. And then the follow-up howl, and then the coyotes, and he looks at me, and he says, what in the world was that? And I said, well, I said, it's the same thing that threw that rock at you. And he said, there ain't no such thing as Bigfoot. So uh, now this this is where I made a huge mistake, and I hope anyone listening never makes this mistake. I, I put that recorder on the roof of the truck thinking I'm going to get some height. I'm going to get better sound. Well, I don't know what happened with it being on that metal truck, but it did not record anything the rest of the night. And that's when it got more interesting you know the the how that we've let everyone listen to is, is cool in itself but the story is way more interesting because 
this thing just didn't howl those two times. This thing stood behind our tent, you know, maybe two to 300 yards outside our tent to the south of us and howled all night long. I mean, every 45 minutes to an hour, this thing's howling at us. And so I'm laying in the tent. I got the, I got the gun. I got the knife. I got the ax. I mean, I got it all laying out there, you know, and, and I'm just bright eyed and just staring at the, the top of my tent thinking, you know, this thing's going to come and just swoop me up, you know, and drag me off in the woods. But I mean, this thing howled all night. And then uh, we went hunting that morning. And, you know, just to the north of there, across that road, there's that real tall ridge that's way up there. And I don't, I don't think any of us have walked up there yet, but Tyler and I got about mm-hmm. halfway there. And about 8.30 that morning, I heard that thing howl from up there. And then, of course, you know, that that could be the end of the story, you know, and it, it'd be great. And I call you guys and tell you all about it. And, uh, and then Kendall came down that same day, that Saturday, and stayed the night. And uh, we end up hearing that thing howl again Saturday night. So for two nights, I, I don't know what this was. I mean, it it was in the same location. It didn't seem like it moved around much, but it it was agitated about. And the only thing I can think of is because we were there. I mean, that's the only only thing I can I think why it would do that just continuously like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, I'll try and put the I'll get the audio and try to put it in the either in the show not in the show notes because I don't know how to do that part but uh in the Facebook group with for everybody who's in the group when we share this uh I'll uh, put in the comments the audio and it's it's yeah. pretty awesome you hear the first two yeah. howls and then the coyotes come in and it's just hair on the back of your neck will be standing up yeah it I mean to and you know, the audio recording is, is great, but to be right there and hear that thing just, I mean, it just, I mean, you could almost feel it. You know what I mean? Like, it was so mm. loud. Like, I mean, you could just feel it in your chest, you know? It it was it was great. It was great. So, And, you know, Shane's got that breakdown of that audio. If you could link that in there somehow. I think he did yeah, a great that's... job on that. Yeah, I'll, 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 yeah uh, the one where he did actually, the – Actually, I'll yeah, probably put – Go ahead. Yeah, he broke down all the different sounds. Yeah, yeah, that one there. That yeah, instead of just the raw clip, the one that he did, that because it, it gives you a visual to look at, you know, while you're listening to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll, I like I'll have him send that, or I'll have him uh, put that in the comments. He, he's he's probably yeah. got it already queued up and ready. He probably uh, is. He probably right, listening so, right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. Uh, Let's tell everybody about the tracks we have found, and then we'll get into the ghost stories. Okay. You want to start with uh, Squatch Creek? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we we joke around, and I know we talked about it, like, yeah, we know we're dedicated, we're hard work, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that that all started with just a little bit of luck, you know? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. That was just a that was just really a luck of a luck on Facebook. Uh, a, a great lead, timing was good. Uh, Tim and I was able to respond to that in a in a in a quick manner, and 
got got there on the scene pretty quick and checked it out and you know uh the lady showed us you know what we were uh what we were looking for and uh we was we was in shock i mean I'm still kind of in shock about it you know a little bit and mm. that that place has paid dividends for us, you know, and we found that was the day we got the two sixteen inch cast port, and of course, mm-hmm. we left pretty quick that day, you know that was one of those situations where I wanted to just get in get get the sixteen inch cast and wanted to get out of there and you know and come back at a later date and really kind of check it out. We really just wanted to get in there and get them and get out and that's that's what we did um we followed up with that several times, of course, and then we we lucked in on that twenty inch track and you know, I remember that day that everyone walked by that track, myself included. I mean, we we all stepped over it and didn't even see it. Mm-hmm. And then it was just a, it was another luck situation, you know. I mean, I no other way around it. I, I happened to turn back around and the sun caught it at a right glare, um, and it looked odd. So I walked back and pulled a few leaves up, and there we go. We we got our first twenty inch track, and. I mean that was just classic. I love that cast. And then yeah. persistence took off after that. You know, we we hit the area so much. You know, all of us did. You know, you, me, Bill, Shane came up so much. Tim went down. I mean, we just started increasing our our trips to the location, and and sure enough, you know, it started paying off. And then that's when we got the the big payload with all those. You know, that great trackway that we got. And, and I think we pulled what that day? Right. Nine, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, some of them bro- some of them broke because of the weather and the, uh, how cold it was. But uh, Yeah, weather, we weather killed us. I think we got three 20-inch tracks and then I want to say four or five of the 16-inch. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember that. I mean, we got a bunch, and and like you said, we did lose a few. I mean, we tried everything. Mm. We well, we hot coals on them afterwards, trying to get that plaster to dry. Um, mm. Which I I think with that that new product that I experimented with, I, I think that'll be better for us in cold weather. But you know, it, it was a learning situation for all of us, you know. And that's just mm. part of it. Trial and error. Trial and error. Just. So I I mean. We still came away with some great casts even that day. So, and I think yeah. we found a somebody got a toe cast or something, and then you know that's also. And we haven't spoke much about this lately, and I don't even know if we ever put the photo up for anyone to look at. But you know, we have that possible eye shine off your trail camera. Oh, yeah, we we did yeah. get possible eye shine. <laughs> yeah, and I know I, I sent that photo to MK. Uh, just to see if he could take a look at it for us and um, kind of verify some things that we think, but uh, I don't think he's, I don't think he's had the time or he's, you know, he's a busy man, but uh, we haven't got anything back on, on that yet. And then also uh, those uh, first two 16 inch tracks were the ones that we pulled the two hair samples from. Yeah. And uh, I, fortunately I still have that, the larger hair, that I think will probably give us the most information, but I have it 
tucked away in safekeeping, and then the uh, the smaller hair we sent off to Meldrum, and unfortunately he's has not had any contact with me now in several months, so I have not heard anything on on that, which is and we found that but what we found that last that would have been didn't we? A- April of uh, seventeen, yeah, or no, April of eighteen, yeah. Yeah, he's he's had all stock. What's that? I'm sorry. Oh, I was, I was, I was saying. So he, uh, and we, you sent it off like right after we found it, I believe. Yeah, yeah, pretty quick. I mean, I emailed him uh, pictures of the uh, 16 inch tracks, and we talked about that for a while. Uh, Told him about the hair, the two, you know, reddish brown hairs that I found that were. unknown to me i mean they they could be a fox hair they could be uh could be a mink you know they're similar in that that texture Mm -hmm. to me Uh, but i just don't know why they were uh, pressed into the mud right in the middle of a 16 inch track so i have to consider that now if i just found two hairs laying on the bank i probably wouldn't have gave it a second thought and would have just disregarded it but since they were pressed in and they were pressed into where we think that mid-tarsal break is, that was the other thing that was interesting. It wasn't like the hair was pulled out of the toe area or anything like that. It was right where a lot of people think that mid-tarsal break is. So to me, it it seems like whatever made that track left those two hairs. That's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wish I could have got some feedback on him. He said he had a report for me on it um, last August of last year. I didn't get it. I thought I'd get it this spring. I didn't get it. And then last contact I had with him was about, oh, it's probably been about two months ago. And uh, he told me to get with him on that following Monday, and I did. And I never got anything back from him. And I I messaged him a couple other times and still have nothing. So hmm. it's unfortunate, but, you know, that's the way it goes in this field, I guess. So. Yep. All right, let's get into some ghost talk. Um, uh, you had a house that you had a really cool ghost in. At least I thought it was cool, but cause, mainly because I didn't live there. Um, yeah, exactly. So if you want to yeah. get into that. If you, if, you don't, <laughs> if you don't live there, it's a great story. But if you live with this thing for several years, yeah. Um, you know, the ghost deal is, is weird for me because, you know, it's something that's been around my family as long as I can remember, you know, my first experience was probably I was 10 or 11 years old. So, and it's things that have always happened to me. And so this house uh, in Yukon, Oklahoma, and I think we moved there in, let's see, my daughter was born in 05. So it was probably 2008 when we moved there. And uh, we just had little things at first. Um, I have a little bit of an OCD. I don't like open cabinets, and I don't like closed doors. It's totally weird, right? And so uh, <laughs> I would come in early. I'd come in early, and the kitchen cabinets would be open. And I would blame my son, who was you know, a teenager at the time. I'm like, man, you got to quit leaving these cabinets open when you go to school. He's you know, denying it, and I'm thinking, why is he lying about it? But I'd come in and, like I said, the kitchen cabinets would be open. And uh, I'd go through and I'd close them. So it started out with just little subtle things like that. And then uh, 
I would start having things happen like um, I would be laying in bed and I would open my eye. I'd be on my side. I'd open my eye and I'd, there'd be this man standing on the side of the bed and just looking down at me. And, of course, I would move, you know, jump or whatever, and it would just dissipate and then be gone. And that happened several times. And so, and people, you know, they'll ask me, say, well, what does he look like? Well, he's just thin. Um, he's all black, no no facial, you know, expressions or anything, no details. But the only thing that's odd about it is he's got some kind of hat on. And I'll, I'll, I don't want to say a cowboy hat, but it's a it's a, a big brim hat that definitely extends past his head. But he's real slim. And so, uh, you know, I kind of put it off, you know, and little things happen, you know, we're eating dinner. And the way the kitchen was is you walked in the front door, there was a foyer. And on the right was the living room. And it was kind of a, a larger opening, like a cased opening. And then... If you were to keep walking, uh, like you come in the front door through the foyer, there's a door that goes into the kitchen that had some uh, wooden bifold, uh, kind of like blinds, doors. And you go into the kitchen, make a right, you go into the dining room, and then you keep going right. And there's another big cased opening that goes back into the living room. So you could basically run a circle from the living room to dining room and kitchen foyer. And we're in the living room eating on the couch, like that's just what we do. And I don't remember what we were eating, but it was something in a, in a glass dish, like a casserole or like a lasagna or something. And we're eating, watching TV, and this glass dish goes from the stove all the way into the dining room and just explodes under the, under the kitchen table. And we all just jump. And... I look, and I'm like, man, it's, it's the dish. Now, this ain't like people say, oh, you know, did, did it slide off the counter? Well, okay, let's just say, yeah, one of the kids left it on the edge of the stove, and it slid and fell. Let's let's say it would have went six feet, which we know it's not. A glass dish ain't going to travel six feet by sliding off there. This thing went about 20 feet and, and shattered under the, mm. under the table. So I made a joke about the ghost didn't like her cooking, you know, so – it was probably a bad <laughs> joke, but it was funny to me. And, and we got to where we could joke about this thing. Like it was just, you know, the ghost did it or, you know, or something like that. And so, you know, we, we just clean it up and we go on about our business. And then I'm laying in bed one night and one of the kids had went into the bathroom and left the bathroom light on and went and jumped in bed and closed their door or whatever. And we're kind of arguing about who's going to turn the bathroom light out. You know, a lot of couples do that. You know, we're, we're already in bed. Like, I don't want to get up. You don't get up. And I just kind of thought, well, I'm just going to be funny. You know, I like to be funny. And I, I said, uh, hey, ghost. I said, uh, why don't you close that bathroom door for me? And sure enough, that bathroom door slowly closes and latches. And at first, I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of freaked out, you know, and then I kind of laugh. I'm like, hey, thanks, bud, you know, and, and I just, we just go to bed, you know, like it just happens. But then um, it started kind of ramping up once once we started acknowledging it, I think, you know, and I don't want to sound like one of those ghost shows and know-it-alls, but the more we interacted with it, the the more stuff started happening. 
And so uh, I was in the living room, and this is when it really kind of came time to, you know, we we decided to to move at this point. But uh, I was in the living room, and my uh, my son had his cousin over, who was you know at that time you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen maybe, and he's a little guy, and he's standing in the foyer. I'm sitting on the couch. He comes into the living room and grabs something off the end of the couch. And I see a man coming at him, trying to grab him from the foyer. And it was so real to me that I jumped up. I jumped over the coffee table. I pulled my fist back to punch this guy because I didn't know who he was. And as I'm pulling my fist back, it just disappears. And, you know, the little guy, he just looks up at me and kind of flinches. Like, I guess he thought I was going to hit him for some reason. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, nothing. And I started, like, play punching him. Like, ah, oh, just messing with you, you know. And he's just like, you know, you're weird, you know. And he goes off into the bedroom with my son. They're doing their video game stuff. And so I'm like, man, you know, like, what in the world is that? And so I, I sit back down, and I'm trying to think, you know, like, what did I just see? And I look over again, and I see this tall man standing in front of that wooden blind door, the bifolds, and I look I try to get a better look at him and he's gone. So then I turn my head back to the T V and that little wing wall that sticks out there in that cased opening, I start seeing a head peeking around that cased opening. And I'm thinking, man, am I just like seeing some weird shadow of somebody out on the porch or something, like a weird reflection? And every time I look at it would you know like turn my head to look it would dip back behind that wing wall and it did this probably 10 times i got up i walked to the porch i looked make sure nobody was out there i walked outside looked around opened the door closed the door thinking there's some kind of weird reflection oh, man there's, there's just nothing so i go into the kitchen and my ex-wife now was in there cooking and i walked up to her and i said you're going to think I'm crazy and I was like but I'm seeing something weird and she stopped cooking and looked at me she said tell me that you're seeing a tall dark man standing by this bifold door and man my jaw dropped and I was like yeah I said uh I have I said he he just I thought he was going to grab you know Austin and she said I've been seeing this guy for months standing in that same spot looking at me she goes and I've been freaking out and I didn't want to say nothing and I thought man you know like that that was it you know we were like okay it's it's time to go there's there's something something going on you know either at this house or you know like I still think it's something tied to me personally but um something got open to the fact where this thing got real comfortable showing itself to us and I still don't know if it intended to to harm him or if it was just it just caught me off guard because it was so real you know uh, I don't even know what it what it could have done to him you know and and he never saw it you know he had no clue like he just just goofy kid went on about his way but uh, yeah that was that was pretty much when it was time for us to to make a move and, and get out of there so didn't didn't you see him uh as you were like taking out the last box or something out of the house. 
Yeah, yeah. So I had a a friend of mine who, uh, you know, he had shared a story with me about possibly seeing his father, you know, a few weeks after his dad passed, and and so I kind of let him know about some things that I had going on there at the house, and and we, yeah, we were moving over to the new house, and and I was there, and the only box that was left was cleaning supplies, you know, and uh, I was on the phone with him when I was carrying out the last few things, and he asked me, he said, uh, "Have you seen your ghost lately?" And I said, you know, man, I said, um, since we've been moving, I said, I haven't seen him at all. And I said, um, I'm kind of worried that we may have packed him up and taken him with us. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we kind of laughed about it. And, and I'm in the living room, and I'm coming around out of the uh, out of the, out of the uh, den or the uh, dining room into the living room going towards that foyer. And there he goes. He, he's right there at the foyer by those bifold doors again. And he goes down the hall and just cuts the corner and goes down towards the bedrooms. And I'm on the phone with him at this time, and I and I kind of was like, I guess I, I exhaled a little bit when I saw him. Like it kind of caught me off guard when I come around the corner. And I was like, well, there he is. And I said, uh, he, he's going down the hall. And he goes, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, man, what are you going to do? I said, nothing i said i got the last box in my hand i'm i'm out of here and i kind of just <laughs> said out loud i said hey you know what this house is yours again you know have at it buddy and i <laughs> i locked the door and walked out and i never stepped back in there again so and you know and we moved into the other house and uh i was there for i don't know maybe four years probably and uh never never seen him again after that so at least not there anyway. So, <laughs> um, you want to? Uh, I I don't remember all of your stories, but I do remember when uh, that first uh, the SBA children's camp out that we did. Oh yeah. When uh, you you and Jacob saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was crazy enough. That was at Arbuckle. So mm. uh, maybe Arbuckle was just something weird to it, but. Uh, yeah, so it was me and uh, Jacob, you, and somebody else, I don't remember who it was, four of us, went out in the woods that night. And uh, I think we were just trying to get away from all the kids or something, weren't we? I don't, we just wanted to get out oh, yeah. for a second. And uh, so we were out there, and you and the other guy were talking. And, and you know, Jacob, you know, talking to Jacob is always a challenge anyways. He's so animated and, you know, and loves telling you stories. And so... We're standing there in pitch dark, and uh, I can I can see Jacob's face, you know, not real well, but I can I can make eye contact with him, and so uh, he's telling me something, and as he's telling me something, I see something walk up to my left, his right side, and just pass pass by at a real real great not. Super speed or anything like that, but whatever it is, it's moving, and it's it's tall and it's thin and it's white. It's not it's not black, and but as I'm noticing it coming, he stops talking and kind of flinches to the right, and I and he keeps talking and I said uh, I said Jacob I said what why'd you stop? He's like oh nothing. And I said, no, man, I said, uh, you were telling me a story. And I said, and 
and you you jerked a little and you and you stopped talking. What was it? He goes, I don't know, man. He goes, I just had a feeling like somebody just walked up to my side and it kind of startled me. And I was like, I'm glad you felt that because I seen it. And he's like, what was it? And I said, I don't know, man. I said it was it was a tall, skinny light that was just vertical. And I said, and it moved from here to here. And I said, it went right by us. And it went right behind you and off into the woods. I said, I don't know what it was. I said, but when I seen it, your body reacted to it. And I was like, and that was that was pretty cool. So, but I don't I don't know what that was. You know what I mean? It was it wasn't a flashlight or a car or anything <laughs> like that. But it was just a and mm. you and the other guy didn't didn't see it at all. You know, and y'all were standing right there. Yep. So, I don't know. It was strange. So. Yeah, I just remember standing there, and we were we were liked out. We were it was pitch dark in there, and then yeah. me and the other guy, uh, we were just standing there talking. And all of a sudden, I hear you say, "What did you just see?" And yeah, Jacob was exactly. like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> "Yeah, and, yeah." Uh, I, I think it just it caught him off because it was something more of what he felt than what he saw, and I don't think he really could explain it, you know, and. He may have felt like he was a little crazy for saying that, you know, but I don't know. Whatever it was, whatever it was he felt, I seen it. So, and, mm. you know, that kind of takes me to like the belief, you know, like we talked about before with, you know, the footprints and, you know, Bigfoot itself and ghosts and stuff like that. I think it's just, it comes down to what our minds can process. Mm. And even though we're looking at this 20 inch track in the mud, like, it still took a while for that to process in our head. Like is, and I know you struggled with this. Is this real? Yeah. Like, are you sure this isn't fake? I mean, you asked me that like 10 times that day. You're like, are, are you sure? Are you sure these are real? Are you sure these are real? You know? And I'm like, I done been down this road, you know? Like I, I asked myself that when I was looking at 16 inch tracks. Like, is this real? You know? And I, I think it's just, it's because it's not in our head. Like, you know, we see dogs all the time, so if we see a dog, it, it automatically processes that's a dog. But if you see, like, a ghost or a Bigfoot or a 20-inch track, I just don't think our mind is ready to process that where we can comprehend it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I have a 20-inch track. I have a 20-inch track not five foot from me, and I, I look at it every day because I still can't comprehend it. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's almost like I think for us to be better investigators, we're almost going to have to train our brain that that's a real thing. You know, like we're going to have to, and I don't know how how to do this by no means, so I'm I'm no expert, but like we have to figure out a way to train our head to say this is a real thing and what you're seeing is, is not your imagination. It's not something else. You're, what you're seeing is what you're seeing. And I think that will help us and help everybody, you know, when you're out and about looking for things like that, you'll you'll start to, to see it better. And, you know, I used to hear stories about guys that, oh, man, I find tracks every time I go in the woods. and Oh, I see Bigfoot every time I go in the woods. And I used to think, man, these guys are crazy. Like, they're just making stuff up. Mm-hmm. But what what if they're not? What if they figured out a way to train their brain to acknowledge these things and, and process it faster. Whereas we're still in the mode of, did I just see what I thought I saw? You know what I mean? Like, Mm. was that? No, that couldn't have been, that must've been a horse. You know what I mean? Like 
We yeah. want to fit it in a yeah. box somehow, you know. And and maybe some of these other guys have 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 reached that point to where their brain automatically processes it. Like, okay, what you're seeing right there, yeah, that that's Bigfoot, or yeah, man, that's that's a ghost. You're you're looking at a spirit, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I could be wrong. That's just my theory. You know what I mean? And you know me, right. I got a lot of that. So. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Let's change the subject on that real quick. <laughs> uh, well, what what are some of the other creepy stuff that you've come across? Just in general? Well, yeah. Like ghosts, oh, I mean, demons. Man, probably the scariest thing I ever had happen to me was some kind of demonic situation at my grandma's house and we could probably do a whole show on just my grandma's house and the things that happened at that place uh, her house was in south oklahoma city uh, my grandparents moved here from tennessee they built the house from scratch uh, when they came here it was just a the builder had already started it was a wood frame my grandpa bought it the lot in the wood frame and he did everything else the brick the plumbing the electrical and the high I don't know how the house is still standing. You know, my grandpa was no electrician. But um, <laughs> I had a situation there where we we lived about three streets over from my grandparents. And periodically, um, I don't know if, if maybe my grandpa might have been after one of his surgeries or something. Uh, we ended up spending the night there. And my mom never drove. Like, she just – she never had a license. She never drove a car. I mean, it's just still to this day. She's 73, hmm. never drove a car. And I don't even know if you knew that. And so uh, – No, I didn't. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, so we're we're there, and, and I'm 10 or 11, and I'm sleeping on the couch. And I start hearing this weird noise, and I'm trying to trying to process it. Like, you know, what am I hearing? Is it a, is it a radio? Is it a TV on or something? And, so I would set up, and I'd listen, and it would go away. I'd lay down, try to go to sleep, and start like this deep rumble sound in my ear. And it, it went on forever. And so finally I got either the idea that it was in my head or it was something talking to me that shouldn't be talking to me, and it freaked me out. So I went in the spare room, and I woke my mom up, and I'm telling her about it. And as I start telling her about it, I'm I'm panicking, like I'm freaking out. And she gets up and she's walking in the living room with me and everyone's asleep. It's middle of the night. It's probably one, two in the morning. And the house is pitch dark. And so we're sitting there talking and my mom's trying to tell me, Hey, you just you're just scared, you had a bad dream, you're just freaking out. I'm like, No, mom, like something's not right, something's something's evil in this house and she's kinda almost to the point of getting mad at me. You know, like, quit being a baby, you need to go to sleep, you know, stuff like that. And it's really embarrassing to tell the story, by the way. But uh, but I'm still a kid. So don't <laughs> lie. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm in tears. I'm, I'm crying at this point. I'm, I'm crying like a baby. And I'm, free, and I'm freaked out. And we're standing in the living room, and I'll never forget this. And she grabs me by my shoulders, and she kind of gives me one of them little shakes, you know, like the – like, you know, like I'll slap the taste out of your mouth type deal. And so 
she gave me this shake, and she goes, there's nothing here that's going to hurt you. And all of a sudden, the chandelier right above our heads just turns on and goes super bright white light and just pops. Nothing, nothing busts, no bulbs bust, but it just goes bright, and it just makes a loud pop sound and goes pitch dark. And she goes, grab your coat. And we we walked. We walked home in the middle of the night. We left right then. And I had a real hard time going back to that house after that. Um, my uncle, who was like a father to me, was on hospice in that, in that house. I struggled going there seeing him. My grandpa passed away in the house after that. I had a real hard time going seeing him. Like, I only did Christmas there a few times after that because I just always got an uneasy feeling in that house. And and it went back way before I was around. I mean, that house is a little house. It's probably 1,100 square foot, if that, maybe. And my grandpa, I mean, God rest his soul, he was not a carpenter either. But that had a bunch of bedrooms, so they had a lot of kids. And when the kids all got grown and moved out, there was stories that I had a great uncle that was a race car driver that passed away in Nashville, Tennessee. And there were stories that everyone would see this great uncle walk from room to room, just random, like just go across the hall from bedroom to bedroom, bedroom to bathroom, bathroom to other bedroom. And it got so bad, this is no joke, my grandpa took out two of the bedrooms just to eliminate that hall. Like he just demoed it wow. and turned it into a big den. And that stopped it, and I, or at least it it changed the format of the house or something. But either way, they, they never saw the uncle anymore after that crossing, you know, going from room to room. So I, I don't know what significance that had to it, but – but yeah, it was so bad that hmm. yeah, he demoed two of the bedrooms and turned it into this huge, you know, it was a weird, it was like an open floor plan concept of a house before that was a, a thing, you know. He had it in the eighties, yeah. you know, which that's something that's new now for houses or, you know, newer. Hmm. But um I had an aunt and a cousin that saw a lady in a white dress walk out of the laundry room and go right through the kitchen, middle of the day, there standing at the kitchen table she come out walked around the kitchen table looked at both of them and walked right into my grandparents room and just and they said that she had a like this huge like victorian white dress and and she acknowledged them like she looked right at them and they said it was weird because the dress was like flowing like there was wind or something and Hmm. had no idea but probably the scariest thing even scarier than my than my demon situation was my grandma was uh probably not the nicest person in the world and she had a visitor when she was she was somewhere she shouldn't have been when she was a young girl uh, and when i say that she was she was locked up and she had mm-hmm. a visitor come to her uh come to her cell i guess when she was <laughs> I think she told me that she was around 14 or 15, and she woke up to a man sitting on the edge of her bed, and he started to tell her something, and then he disappeared, okay? And you fast forward now to 
late 70s, early 80s. And the way my grandma's house was, is no one used the front door. We all came in the side door, which is a glass door. You know, those little sliding glass doors that always came off the track. And um, mm-hmm. everyone came in that door. Well, that was the dining room that went into the kitchen. And then at the other end was a sink. And above that sink was a great big mirror. And my grandma would wash her dishes, and she would face that mirror so that she could see people when they pulled in the driveway and, and came up the steps. So she's doing dishes. That's the story she told me. She's doing dishes. No big deal. She looks up. There's a man standing on the porch. So she puts the pot down, turns around, and the man is three feet from her standing there. And she said that her instinct was to just grab the pot that she was washing and hit him with it. And my grandma's a big lady. I mean, she's, you know, she's a big woman. And she grabbed the pot and swung it at him, and he just disappeared. Now, what she told me was is it was the best-looking man she'd ever seen in her life. She said he was just handsome, dark skin, cold black hair. He had a like a dark, dark blue suit, three-piece suit with like light blue pinstripes. And she said – she goes, and the crazy thing was she said that's the same man that visited me when I was a kid locked up. And she said, and I don't know why she goes, but I think it was the devil himself. And, you know, and I'm not a Bible thumper. I I mean, I I don't read the Bible, but I've had people tell me that the devil is described as that, as, as being beautiful, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I don't know how much truth there is to that. I don't really research that part of it because I'm just, like I said, I don't, I don't get into the Bible, but, um, I don't know. It, it was just a, it was a real weird story, you know. And um, so many different things happened at the house. I mean, I would, I would love if I ever get into chasing ghosts. But you know, I'm focused on Bigfoot because that's what I love. But if I got into that, you know, with some of the guys that we know, and I would love to go to that house and see who owns it now and say, hey, man, I just, I love to come in here one night and just <laughs> poke around because. And who knows? It may be dead calm now, you know, since you know my both my grandparents are deceased and stuff like that. But I don't know. I'd I'd love to go to the house and just see if anything anything happens. So maybe maybe me just walking into it could charge it up somehow or something. I don't know. Well, as soon as we get off here, I'll get in the truck and head over. <laughs> All right, that'll work. Come on. I'll I'll meet you there. Uh, so. <laughs> um. For everybody listening, uh, Lauren finally joined us. Um, so oh, really? that lady you hear in the background, it's because of it's Lauren. It's not a strange entity that's been following Brian this whole time. Yeah, because that kind of it is an me. entity. Yeah, I'm, it kind of freaked me out. So I should have just whispered <laughs> her name, just been like Brian. Yeah, and then you would have heard you would have heard a grown man cry on your show, and that would have been just horrible. So. <laughs> It would have been sharing would, so much, though. I would have never been able to show my face at another Bigfoot convention the rest of my life. That would have been horrible. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. So, so Lauren, it's, it's been, from, from what yeah. you heard, do you have any questions for Brian? Um, so and I came in, you know, a while back, but I didn't want to interrupt. Um, so 
I guess my question is, and I may have missed this part, but like, do you ever, you know, like bless your house or um, do anything to like remove them? Or do you just like see them as like, okay, well that they're attracted to me. They're just here. It's whatever. As long as they don't mess with me, I don't care about them. No, like I, you know, when I was a kid, that instance, I felt, you know, scared and, you know, freaked out. But, you know, in hindsight, I don't know if, if that was anything malicious or not, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, no, like, even even living with that one for those few years, um, I never felt threatened. You know, like, it was creepy. You know, you wake up and there's a guy standing next to your bed looking at you in the middle of the night. I mean, that, that will freak you out. But, like, mm-hmm. I've had other weird things happen where, you know, I had a friend sitting with me one day. At, you know, this is when I lived with my mom and, I was probably 15, 16 years old, and we had a we had a can. And, you know, cans will get condensation, and they'll and they'll move a little bit. You know, they'll you know in the summertime you get enough condensation, the can will actually float and move an inch or two. But we had one go across the coffee table while we were sitting there and looking at it, and we weren't high or anything like that. But then we at that same time something black dripped out of the ceiling on my left side and just kind of dripped to the floor, and we both seen it. We both looked over the end of the couch thinking, what in the world was that? But it was almost like a like a big chunk of black molasses or something or tar or something. But it just came, like, out of the sheetrock in the ceiling and just fell next to the couch. But it wasn't there. But we both seen it. So, I don't know. I mean, weird things like that, but I just, you know, like I, I just didn't feel like, it's anything that's going to harm me. And, and I don't, as far mm-hmm. as like the house or anything like that, I've never done that. I've never cleansed the house. I don't, I don't think I'm religious enough to, to do that. I don't think I'm holy enough to do that. So I, I think I'd probably be making a mockery of that. If, if you saw me trying to bless a house, um, <laughs> I bet a ghost would probably laugh and be like, you know, who do you think you are? You ain't, you can't bless anything. <laughs> so that's so how no, I feel probably, like, when I first started doing it, that's how I felt. I felt I felt like an idiot. Like I'm not gonna. Lie. I felt like a dumb person. I'm trying yeah. to keep it clean. I felt I felt so stupid. I was walking around my house with this little. I think I had like a little sage stick, and I'm like waving it. I felt so stupid. And so after that, I would have my mom on the phone with me, and I would make her stay on the phone with me while I did it, so she could like. You know, she's like, okay, now say it with confidence. And I'm just like, oh, man, I I still feel pretty dumb. But then the stuff that happens to me in my house and the stuff, and I'm fine with it because I'm like, like you, I've dealt with this forever. I see stuff yeah. all the time. Like, it's just something that, like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and there will be a face right next to mine and I'll back up and then it goes away and I'm like, Meh, and I go back to sleep. But yeah. when it starts messing with my kids, I'm not okay with that. And I have little boys, you know, and I, I remember being, I remember laying in bed and being so terrified because something was in there with me and I cannot fathom putting my kids through that and having them. And I never told my mom because I didn't think she believed me. So the thought of my kids laying in there being terrified by something, I can't handle that. And so that's why I bless my house, even though I feel like an idiot, I'm bolstered by the fact that I don't want anything messing with my kids. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. And, you know, I thought about, like, I've never 
spoke to this to my mom since that incident. Like, I, mm-hmm. we've never had an adult conversation about what happened that night. And I don't know, maybe next time I'm over visiting her, just killing some time, I might just say, hey, mom, you remember the time that that chandelier, you know, exploded over us? And just mm-hmm. maybe get her take on it because she may be able to say, well, you know, like, I never told you, but this happened. You know, there there may be stories oh, from yeah. her that I, that I don't know, you know. And so there may be a lot more to it. And maybe it's just stuff that, you know, like my grandparents didn't talk about. But my grandma was pretty open about it, um, especially with her thinking that that was the devil, you know, that came to see her a couple times. So um, mm-hmm. she was she was pretty she was pretty upfront about a lot of things with me. Uh, I never heard my grandpa mention anything other than, you know, him demoing the the bedrooms for that reason. And I I probably have other cousins that have never even heard these stories, you know, but. I was always so curious about it that I I like to ask my grandma stuff, you know. And then, like oh, I said, definitely. I had the aunt, yeah, I had the other aunt and the cousin that seen the lady in white stuff like that. Um, I, I you know, there's no telling. I mean, my that, that house was so strange, <laughs> so very strange house. Yeah, I bet your mom does have some stuff, you know, that she'll probably say, "Oh, I noticed this and this. I just didn't want to tell you and scare you," you know. Yeah, that yeah, she, she <laughs> yeah, yeah, she might, and she may know that, you know, maybe since I had that experience, maybe she just doesn't want to, you know, have me pursue anything like that. So maybe she just kind of kept quiet about it. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of interested now if it was so late, I'd probably call her. But uh, I don't know. I may talk to her this weekend just to kind of see what she says about it. So. Yeah, I was gonna say, get back to us. Uh, we can have a part two yeah. on. All the things she never told you because she didn't want to scare you. <laughs> oh, that'd be crazy. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe careful what I wish for. So, but, yeah, yeah, no I, kidding. I try, to, I try to avoid the paranormal stuff lately. You know, I just, I don't know, you know, it's just not a a road I've been really hard on wanting to go down. And I had a couple people try to get me to do that. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's just fear or if it's just kind of like I've been enjoying the last few years not seeing stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I had an incident uh, recently uh, at Renee's house in in Idabel where I was uh, touched by something. But other than that, like it's I've been kind of ignoring that stuff, I guess. And I think if you ignore it, you don't see it, you know. And uh, but once you start acknowledging it it seems like it just cranks up and but i had a situation yeah this year um probably i don't know it's three or four months ago i guess you know i was working at her house and i had something come up and i felt something walk up behind me you know like somebody was standing behind me while sitting in a chair and and then it felt like somebody just reached up and kind of scratched the the back of my neck, right at my hairline, but not like scratched in a mean way, like, you know, like a, almost like you scratch a dog's ear, you know, like that mm-hmm. kind of, that kind of vibe. And, um, I don't know. I mean, and I won't get too much into that because that's into the subject there, but it, it was weird. And, um, I just kind of, you know, pushed it off and just, you know, didn't, didn't give it much more thought. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing about, I've I've never I don't think I've ever really been physically touched by one 
and mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Um, my mom has. Uh, she was actually got into paranormal research before Bigfoot, and um, she was in a, a house, and I think they were in the basement maybe. <coughs> Sorry. And something touched the back of her neck. And I think the way she described it, it was disgusting, the way it felt. And it just sent shivers down her spine. She said, I don't remember if she said it was cold and wet or what, but she said it just felt disgusting. And so she always wants to know if anyone else, like other paranormal people, if they've had that experience, if they've been, you know, touched by, by an entity. Yeah. Mine, mine wasn't like that. It wasn't cold or disgusting. It, it wasn't even, um, it wasn't even kind of a, a creepy deal. It was more of a, like a friendly gesture, you know, like like kind of like yeah, a hey, yeah. how's it going type deal. But uh, I tried to um, I try to isolate it like in the house to to figure out you know where it is, and it it was so strange because I could walk through the house and I could feel cold, and it was like as soon as I would get close to it, it would warm up and it would be gone. And I could go to, like, another corner of the house, and I'd find the cold. And then as I kept getting closer to it, it would take off again. So, it, I mean, it was, like, confined to a small area in that house, but it, it would move from me. Like, it didn't it didn't want me. It's almost like once it knew I knew it was there, it didn't want to be not next to me at that point. It was real weird, but it, I, don't, I don't know. I can't really explain it. And, you know, you... We'd have to have Renee on, you know, and let her tell a little bit about that place. But, mm-hmm. um, it, I mean, we have an idea who it is and things like that. And there's a, something that she told me that that just was a dead ringer for what it was. And and so, I don't know. But it, whatever it was, it just it didn't want to be around me once I, once I acknowledged what it was. It, did, it just didn't want to be next to me. So, it was kind of weird. That is weird. Hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe it hasn't accepted it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe it just didn't like me or something. I don't know. It didn't like the idea that maybe it didn't like the idea that I wasn't afraid of it. So, cuz I I specifically said I know you're here. Like I felt that. Why, you know, why are you touching me? And I was calm about it. So, it probably was like, you know, like, hey, what this this guy's not afraid or something. I don't know. So, mm-hmm. but that was probably the only time I I didn't try to bless the house, but I try to, I try to let it know that it couldn't be there anymore. You know, it's like, hey, you know, this yeah. house is empty. This house is, this house is being sold. There's a new family coming to this house, and you're not welcome anymore. You gotta, you gotta vacate. You gotta go. But I don't know. I don't know the work. They, they tell you like if you know, don't if you don't bless the house to, um to tell the spirit you're not welcome here this is my house um you need to leave and you know make it leave um yeah. so i mean that's that's not a bad thing to do either yeah i'd be interested to you know she sold the house and here recently and another guy moved into it i mean just within the last you know a couple of weeks three weeks or whatever so i'd be curious to uh you know catch that guy and, and see if he Happens. I wouldn't want to say, "Hey, is anything weird been going on?" You know, and put it in his head, but <laughs> just to see, just to see if he says, "Hey, have you guys ever had, you know, this happen?" Or this, you know, just to, curious if that would if that would come up in a conversation. But 
I definitely mm-hmm. wouldn't want to put it in his head and say, hey, man, you have anything touch you while you're walking around in the living room, you know? <laughs> but uh, freak the guy out. But we'll see. I'm, it's a small town, so I'm sure we'd run into him eventually. So. Like, hey, how's it going in the house? Any uh, anything interesting happen? He's gonna think y'all killed somebody there. I mean, yeah, or something just, crazy. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. So I just, if he brings it up though, then it's gonna be on. That's for sure. So. Mm-hmm. So we got about two minutes left. Um, Brian, what do you think Bigfoot is? Flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. You know, I, I went back from Gigantopithecus. Um, you know, I, I was in that that field for a minute, thinking that's what it was. But I'm still I'm still on the on the point now of uh, remnants of ancient man, uh, Neanderthal, more specific. I, I think it's. I think it's closer to human than what a lot of people think. Um, I think it's mastered the craft of avoiding us, uh, obviously, and probably for good reason because current man just loves killing and destroying everything anyway. I'm not being a hippie and, you know, doing that whole still, but I just think that I do. It, knows, it knows better than to interact with us because... I mean, we're just as as a as a whole, we're just we're not very good people. You know what I mean? Like we just we do bad yeah. stuff. So I, I don't blame it, you know, for wanting to stay well hidden. So mm. that that's my theory. I, that's what I think it is. Um, but I, I'm definitely I'm definitely in the flesh and blood group. I don't I don't think it's I don't think they came down in little spacecraft and you know or <laughs> they're UFO alien pets or something like some people say, and they're you know little green man leather hairy you know ape like creatures running around the woods for a few minutes and then go back to Jupiter. I don't I don't think that's it at all. You know I, I think it's just uh it's it's a close relative relative to us uh, more human than ape for sure. That's that's just that's my opinion. So and I could be wrong, but I don't know. I think we're uh, we're doing enough good work and enough research and enough dedication that uh, I hope we uh, have some real tangible evidence soon. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on tonight, Brian. Um, no problem. It's a pleasure as always. Um, and... Hopefully we'll be well. Actually, in two weeks we'll be back out in the woods as a group. Yeah. Um, yep. And we will hopefully have a good episode lined up afterwards with some encounters, if all goes well. Um. So. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Brian. And and we will talk to you later. Uh, Lauren, is there anything right, else y'all. that you wanted to? No. Um, no, I, I appreciate you coming on, Brian. Sorry I couldn't get here sooner. And, right. um, you know, I really look forward to going out in the field with you and uh, getting the research with you. Sounds good to me. I appreciate you guys having me on. And 
hopefully we'll get something interesting. Like I said, I'll be at Bison this weekend, deer hunting slash Bigfoot. So uh, I'll have the audio recorders going, and maybe we'll have a, another round of that. So perfect. I'm I'm crossing my All fingers. Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, you too. Thank you. All right, we'll see you guys. All right. Okay. Good night, Dustin. Good night. Bye, everybody. Bye. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.